from legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode or go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Coming up, former Ipswich councillor Cheryl Bromwich joins the show with more analysis of the council election and Ipswich West by-election campaigns and the candidates, including the Greens, who could be hoping to repeat their inner Brisbane success in Ipswich Division 3. It's Tuesday, February 13, 2024, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Thanks again for speaking with Ipswich today, Cheryl Bromwich. Hi, Al, and hi, everyone. Great to be back with you. What's your view of how the campaign is going, firstly for council, then for the Ipswich West by-election? At the moment, I don't think people are really interested or thinking about the elections, but that happens every time. And it's gotten to the last two weeks that people realise that they have to vote, that they actually have to talk about it and make a decision soon. What will be the key issues uh, in Ipswich West? In Ipswich West itself, I think, of course, crime and youth crime will be a key issue, the cost of living, the health, but other road projects such as the Mount Crosby Interchange and the Willowbank Interchange. I just think they're the key issues that people want solutions to. And looking back at previous elections, I think you've done a bit of a study on the margins, uh, particularly when Labor was ousted from that seat. Yeah, the current margin for Ipswich West is 14.3. That is at the 2020 election. Prior to that in 2012, it was 9.5 and it had a swing of 16.7% and that led to the change of the seat to Sean Choate. So it's quite interesting that that figure is quite high and that will actually help gauge where things are heading towards the October election. What's your gut feeling on this by-election? Because they're notoriously difficult to predict unless you've got some inside information from uh, from either party, either of the major parties. Well, both sides are hitting it hard. I know and that uh, the ALP team are out door-knocking and they had their campaign launch in Sutton's Park. But also on Saturday, the LNP team was in town and I know that they had a lot of the opposition uh, members out uh waving and door knocking as well and I understand that uh, the opposition leader was also out door knocking last week as well so they can see that uh, it's obviously on their radar so they normally don't pay this much attention so it's quite intriguing to see the level of activity from both sides. Let's move on now to the council election. Division three I think could be the one to watch with a second Greens candidate uh, Tracy Naylor joining Danielle Mutton. Could the Greens be hoping to repeat their inner Brisbane success in Ipswich? I think they they think they can, but Ipswich is quite a diverse type of community and people do not want elected officials to be a single issue. They want them to be all over multiple issues and not just one. Five candidates for mayor on the ECQ website... I don't think there'll be any more. At the time we're recording this is just a couple of hours before nominations are closing. Ken Salter and Peter Robinson. I personally don't think they've got much of a chance. What's your view? 
Well, Ken always nominates. Uh, he has a lot of rugby league links down the eastern end of the city. And Peter's run previously, and he's known within the sporting community as well as being a, a local sport business operator. So who knows what they would poll. But I understand uh, through uh, discussions yesterday that uh, David Martin and Sheila Island have exchanged preferences for a one-two, which is quite interesting. Talking of Sheila Island, why would she form a group, Team Sheila Island, that's only a group of two, herself and a, a divisional councillor candidate, Josh Addison? I just don't get this strategy. I think it is to try and help Josh win Division 1 because that's her former division and allows her to get out and campaign with him in that division and help him be known. In Division 1, there's only four candidates for two spots. How do you think the cards will fall? I think the incumbent always has a little bit more of an advantage. We've been out campaigning really hard, a lot of door knocking, and one of them even started in the middle of last year. So, you know, it's going to be a hotly contested division, I feel, just like Division 4. Division 2, five candidates, not nearly as many as last time. I just get the feeling it's going to be tough to oust Tully and Jonick. It's hard when you've got that name recognition. And as we know with uh, Councillor Tully, he's done over 40 years of service to the community. So people look at a, a ballot paper and they see names that they recognise when they don't see other names. And that usually leads to them getting a tick in the box or it depends on the layout of the how to vote once the ballot is done and where people sit from the top down. Looking at Division 4, two high-profile candidates in Madden and Cullen. Could Russell Milligan be at risk? It is, but I understand that uh, Russell and Jim are sort of uh, swapping preferences together is what I've heard. I can't totally confirm that one at the moment. But it would be difficult for Russell when you've got someone as high-profile as Jim with her name recognition and, of course, Dave Cullen, who is a local business person and, as we know, does the Saturday radio on River. So he has that pre-profile before uh, other people have begun. It's certainly one to watch. Just going back to the state by-election with the three-horse race, by-elections, as I said, are notoriously difficult to predict. Are these candidates overall going to get enough air competing with councillors campaigning? Well, I think it's going to be very difficult because people are going to be confused, I think, when they get to the ballot box, especially when they have used to voting for uh, Jim at a state level to now see that his name's on a council form, but making sure that people understand they're voting in two elections. So they're voting for the the mayoralty, the council election, as well as a state election at the same time. So it's a little bit confusing, I think, for people. And in Ipswich West, you'll end up with three ballot papers to, to mark off. That's correct. How would you rate their cut through to this point? I think uh, the cut through hasn't been huge at the moment, but I think now that the nominations for the council will close at lunchtime today, I feel that that will actually increase the activity and people will be inundated with more information, more stuff in their letterbox and, of course, more door knocking. One Nation has put up Mark Bone. Do you know much about this candidate? No, I, I don't really know that much. I'm, only what I've read online, of course, he has a small business and uh, I understand that he is swapping preferences with the LNP candidate. 
Wendy Bourne uh, was put up quickly for Labor once uh, Madden announced his uh, retirement from State Parliament. Can you tell us much about Wendy Bourne? Yeah, Wendy is a, a long-time Rosewood resident. Um, she's uh, participated in a lot of the community in Rosewood as well as being on the P's and C's. And, of course, she also was the government representative at the Ipswich Boys Grammar School for a while there. So she, interesting enough, she is an identical twin. She has an identical twin called Jackie. And Jackie used to work for Anastasia Palaszczuk in her electorate office. So people might get that confused. Yeah, I think I might have got that confused at one point. So where, where is Wendy uh, working up until the campaign? Or where uh, was she Wendy's working? Wendy's actually on leave at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh my understanding that she was still working in the Premier's office in Brisbane, but she is uh, taken leave to run the campaign. To the LNP and Darren Zano, also well-known in the Ipswich community, certainly in the business community, do you think he's well-known in the wider community? I think he has a bit of a profile being the current president of the Ipswich Show Society, former business owner of Zano Sand and Gravel, and a lot of people have probably seen those trucks that are driving around and he's been a lifelong and a local Ipswich person. So overall, are you prepared to uh, put a name forward who might win Ipswich West? I'm going to hedge my bets. <laughs> I think I might too. Cheryl Bromwich, great to catch up once again. Thanks for speaking with Ipswich today. Awesome. Thank you, Al. Have a great day. In the next episode, a look at the final list of candidates after the close of nominations at noon on February 13. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio, or play Ipswich Today on smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.